All right. It is uh, 12.59 a.m. Eastern. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Tuesday, January 17th. is upload date, it is, I guess, now Monday, January 16th. Let's bring you down. Uh, episode 332. Weather Service just elevated this warning. They are calling this a particularly dangerous situation, a PDS tornado warning here. Thursday afternoon, January 12th, Georgia was dealt a violent tornado outbreak. Griffin, Georgia, 40 miles south of downtown, was the hardest hit. And then, of course, we've got uh, oh, this. Geez. Oh, that's a bad situation right there. Anywhere from Griffin to Experiment to Highland Mills. State Route 16. One tornado on the ground for 25 miles and as wide as 14 football fields. It's complete devastation in the city. At Sunrise Friday, I was on the ground with listeners of the Bear 92.5 and Lieutenant Brandon Walden of the Griffin Police Department. In the 18 years I've worked here, I've never seen it this bad. You'll hear my first-hand account of the heroes. Bringing in bobcats, bulldozers, excavators, God bless them. 12 hours after celebrating a national championship with a parade and celebration in Athens, Georgia Bulldogs number 77, Devin Willock, a member of the Dogs' O-line and just 20 years old, was killed in a tragic car accident. UGA football recruiting staff member Chandler Charlie LaCroix was behind the wheel of the Ford Expedition. Charlie, just 25, was also killed. From celebration to devastation, this story is bigger than rivalries and scoreboards. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things you're already talking about with your family and your friends, conversations about current events and pop culture, uh, stories in the news, music plus endearing and revealing stories about marriage, parenting, and personal growth. Welcome to episode 332 of Cadillac Jack, my second act. My name's Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. That's 332 episodes of nothing. Uh, no, it's not true. Hours that we have like sat and had conversations. Right. Do you think that's more conversations than we've had in our 20 no, years of marriage? No, no. That's a lot of conversations because you're kind of held well, captive. 332 hours. You're kind of held captive in the studio, you know? I do, yes. Yeah. I do. I mean, just for conversations. It's right. not like you can be like, I don't talk about that. I'm, I'm Donna and I'm Kenny's wife. wife. Okay. Do you, so you know if you like work in a, in like an office and like how people put their things in the refrigerator and they put like tape on them and notes on them. Like, please do not eat my, you know. Chicken parm. Chicken parm. My mom made this special for me. You know, and we've talked about like when you, when you work in radio and like you, cause people are padding in and out at all. Like most businesses, everybody's there pretty much from like eight to seven, you know, whatever right, right. people may work. Somebody late. comes early. Somebody comes late. every office. But like in radio, you could do like an overnight shift. You could do, and like you used to do afternoons and everybody would clear out pretty much at, right. you know, five o'clock or whatever. And you're starving. So you'd go pat around into the refrigerator. Well, seven to midnight is the worst. That's that. the worst. And t- cause there's no, n- n- well, back when I did seven to midnight, there was no Uber eats. There was no, well, there's hardly anything open anyway at that time. Well, like, you could find something in Atlanta, Georgia, but true. You, you couldn't leave. Right. So you, you were at the mercy of your friend. You know, a friend who would bring you something, for, you know, number six from Wendy's or something before they close. Well, I say this because. Or I would call the buckboard. And they bring before you they cl- No, before they close and said, I'll be over at 1202. Oh, wow. Two after midnight. If you don't mind, have me a, and Sandy, God bless her mama. You know, if she cooked that day, she would have me a home cooked meal. Yeah. Like, what would she have? Oh, roast beef. Or, oh, my God. Uh, barbecue. Meatloaf or, or oh, something. Yeah, meatloaf. She had great meatloaf and vegetables. Yeah. God, I love that. I'd eat at the bar. I love that. There'd be a concert going on. 
Just you're just, you're just trying out. to eat your meat like mashed crown. potatoes. I'm just, I'm just wanting to enjoy some 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 broccoli and carrots and some potatoes, and some some tequila and, and crown. Oh wow. Okay. Well, so the other this morning I got up and oh, I see where we're going with this. Yeah, and I was like, because I, I when I got home last night I'm like I don't want to eat my dessert or whenever it was either Friday or Saturday night I had brought dessert back but I'm like I don't want to eat it because I just didn't want to eat it and then go lay in the bed after eating like a huge slice of cheesecake. But it was that good cheesecake that has like the little. Berry stuff on the side, like I can't remember. Was it like blue a compote? Well, which one was it? Was it blueberry um, or strawberry? It was a raspberry. It was a berry. It was a compote. Okay, so I put it in the refrigerator, and this morning I got up. You're gonna have it for breakfast, I guess. You're no, gonna we actually slept in really. We slept in late today. It was good, uh, but I didn't have to be at work till twelve. So I'm thinking maybe I just have a little piece of it before I go. And lo and behold, I got to open the refrigerator. Gone. It is gone. As Montgomery Gentry sang, gone like a freight train, gone like yesterday. But then you know I can't stop there. I've got to follow the CSI trail. Like, okay, who? Well, why, why? Why would you have to do that? You know, it's me. Well, it's either you. And I did. Yeah, that's true. Who else would it be? What could have been Will? He eats a lot of food, but he wasn't here. No, he's, but he could have come in and eaten it because now he will eat your leftovers. He right. will without asking, which is fine. Um, well, kind of. What so, was say? Hang on then. Yeah. Well, so, but I think dessert's different than leftovers. You think it's a bigger offense to eat something? I dessert? totally do. Yeah. Okay. Yes, because I bring back things all the time from restaurants and I have no intention of eating them because I just don't want to, you know, you know how these servers are. They insist on you taking it. I've, I've left many a bag at a restaurant to go bag just because I didn't want to be Have harassed. you ever had one chase you out? You forgot your taters. Yeah, no, no, no. I left like, it no, I, no. I didn't want to Well, and usually I take it out and I stuff it in the trash can, but I don't want them to see me. So, but dessert is something that if you bring dessert home, you are wanting to enjoy it later at your leisure. Okay, so I get, I'm like, where am I going? And so I, it's gone. And not only is it gone, then the fork that was used to eat it is laying in the sink. Uh-huh. Didn't even make it to the. Didn't make the round trip. No, because if it had made the round trip, what would have happened is that person, whoever was the offender that ate the cheesecake, a la you, would have had to unload the dishwasher. Honestly. God. Didn't cross my mind. Okay. Didn't even think about it. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I mean, I, just, I did. I didn't. I didn't even think about that. Which part? Unloading the dishwasher or eating my cheesecake? Uh, oh, unloading the dishwasher. I didn't think twice about eating the cheesecake. Mm, okay, but it was okay. But okay, and then it was okay. That, yeah, that's the thing. And then you have to give me like tonight when we came home. I'm like, hey, did you eat my cheesecake? Yes, I, was, I did. Yes, and you're like, eh, it was okay. It was okay. It had a bit of an after aftertaste to it. Okay, but now, okay, I didn't get to eat it, and now you're like giving it a four. Ah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. You wouldn't enjoy it. Oh, that's why you're saying. You okay, I got gotcha. you. I got it. Now, I'll tell you one thing. If somebody ate my cannoli. Cannolis are a totally different ballgame. I would not have eaten your cannoli. Mm. I have years past, but I would not have eaten your cannoli. Okay. Yeah. What? All right. But, yeah, I just, I'm wondering, like, at home, do you put, because the other day, Charlotte said to me something. She goes, Mom, I went to the refrigerator to eat the other half of my um, public sandwich. It's gone. That was a real thing. The, I, I would never eat. No, it's crazy. Public sandwich. It's crazy. It's got to be, it's got to be something that I really want. You know? So I'm wondering if you have to put like a um, sticky note. I don't know that, that says, would matter. Okay, and I've got one more for you. Yep. This does not involve okay. you. This is also egregious. Like people who see things and they know it's happening in your home, these kids, and they just don't address it. A couple of examples. When you put something in the trash can and it's spilling over. Take the trash out. But instead of taking the trash out, you just push it down further. Sometimes they don't even push it down. Well, but that's okay for, for a couple of times. 
Because you can't, you can't make room. That's true, but this is to the point where it's spilling yeah, over, or they don't down, even, or they don't even push it down. Yeah, but if you can't push down anymore, like the automatic door won't close on it. Okay, that's number one. Number two is the other day I hear this, and it's like a leak, and I'm like, what? What is going on? Um, and I go over to the refrigerator, and there's this drink leaking? stuff leaking out of the refrigerator. The refrigerator is oh, no. closed. Yeah. What's that? And I tell these kids all the time, do not put a milkshake back uh, in the refrigerator. Yeah. Because you're not going to, again, it doesn't travel yeah, well. Yeah. And it gets that, 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 that froth on it's, top. It, you're done. It does, yeah. You either drank it or you didn't. Because somebody's going to knock it over. That wasn't what it was. Uh, yeah. Somebody, who will go unnamed, turned the coffee creamer. Okay, not me. Right. Instead of putting it up, turned it on its side. In the Why? refrigerator. Why would you do that? Because the, it was probably too tall to put in okay. the inside yeah. of the refrigerator. Is this know. just not compelling content? I don't really think about that, though, because I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Right, but that's not the point. That's not what happened. Okay. Instead of putting it on the door and making room, they turned it on its side yeah. and put it in the refrigerator. It started to leak. Everywhere. Sorry. And it was heavy vanilla cream creamer. And so not only did it go all down the refrigerator, it went into, like, the drawers, the crispers. It got on my cheese. It got on my boar's head turkey. I'm like, who? And, and the crazy thing about it is the refrigerator had been, it was the end of the day, the refrigerator had been opened three or four times. But just nobody wanted to dress that. Because that was from, from the morning, I guess. Yes. And nobody wanted to dress it. So Will puts that stuff in his coffee. Y- yes. Yeah. And well, I do too. Process of elimination. Yes, and I do too. But I'm like, and you know what? It's in his defense. He probably put it back in the refrigerator on its side and didn't know that it had started leaking. Now, when they got home that night, the two of these two, and opened the refrigerator door, when, when it's literally coming out of the refrigerator. I don't know how they didn't know. But I was mad as hell when I got home. Because here I am tired, and I opened the refrigerator to just get me a cheese stick or something. And it's like a mountain of vanilla creamer comes uh, pouring out. I had uh, to pull out every, uh, and it's thick when you're trying to, Did oh, you, did you address it? No, because I have this thing now where I need to I need a cooling down period. Okay. I try not to just go off on people anymore. Well, you don't have to, nobody said you had to go off on. Oh, I would have. Let okay. me tell you something. Right, I, I would have said I, everything I got, but I got the four kitchen sink. To cut before sunrise. So let's, okay. Uh, well, I'm just telling you. It's, uh, it's, it's, but bring it up. I think you may, maybe ought to know. Well, because I think this is what moms and dads do. It doesn't become about the one thing. Then you throw everything in. That's that's problematic though. When you yeah. when you don't take the trash out. Yeah. And it piles up. Yeah. Kind of like you, the, the back hallway behind your store. Mm, yes. It, it is just, it builds and builds and builds. And then when you finally take it out, it gets all of your it pants. Can, that, and it can just be, it, it can be tough because you just, bleh, you just throw up. That's not a good thing. So take the trash out. And then, of course, we've got uh, oh, this. Geez. Oh, that's a bad situation right there. That's, Griffin High School. That is not good. I hope nobody's at Griffin High School right Definitely now. Definitely on look the ground. The, look at the debris that this They've thing They've got to increase the wording of this tornado. Yeah. That's, this that's is this is trending towards a tornado emergency. Anywhere from Griffin to Experiment to Highland Mills, you have to get... State Route 16. You, you have to get somewhere indoors. At times... One of the two tornadoes was 14 football fields wide, leaving a 26-mile path of total destruction. Tornado active for 32 minutes, on the ground for 32 minutes, 26 miles on Thursday, 40 miles south of downtown Atlanta in a small town of Griffin, Georgia, population 24,000. 
is now uh, a confirmed tornado. This is a radar-confirmed tornado uh, with a debris signature that's been that's been uh, showing up here. The National Weather Service just elevated this warning uh, to what they're calling not only a, a radar-confirmed tornado, but they are calling this a particularly dangerous situation, a PDS tornado warning here with confirmation, a radar-confirmed tornado with a confirmed large and extremely dangerous tornado. Two tornadoes, one in EF2, one in EF3. Came barreling across from Alabama Thursday afternoon and just caused just massive destruction on counties south of Atlanta, like uh, Heard, Troop County, Meriwether County, uh, Spalding County, Butts County, Henry County, even Cobb County, Donna, Cobb, COBB, Cobb County, where you were born and raised, uh, we're over where the Braves play now, Truist Park. Uh, you asked, that was an EF1. Yeah, that's what I had heard. Kennesaw, Kennesaw in that area got, got hit pretty hard. You heard Chris Holcomb in the report there, the second weather report. Uh, Chris is our chief meteorologist at our NBC affiliate here in Atlanta, 11 Live. And he, he, he mentioned that it was a PDS, a particularly dangerous storm. I had never heard that before. I'd never heard that being used before in weather reporting. I never heard that phrase before. What would you call it? An acronym, I guess? Yeah, an acronym. Never heard that before. PDS, a particularly dangerous storm. And that's used in tandem with any sort of warning, whether it's a thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning. Uh, the case Thursday afternoon, it was for a tornado warning. I did some research because I wasn't familiar with, with PDS, never heard it before. And it's rare, especially in the South. Most PDS warnings are reserved for tornadoes in, in, in the, 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 the tornado alley area of the Midwest. And uh, of all the tornadoes in America each year, of every tornado, only 7% are labeled PDS storms by the National Weather Service. And one of the two tornadoes Thursday afternoon in Griffin, Georgia was. You may be familiar with Griffin, even if you don't live uh, in Atlanta. We talk about Griffin quite a bit on the podcast. I spend a lot of time in Griffin. Uh, Brightmore Healthcare is based in Griffin off of 16, which you heard uh, Ryan, Highway, Highway 16. Ryan Beasley there in the first weather report cite uh, 16 as, as being a, a, a site of concern with Thursday's first tornado. Uh, Brightmore Healthcare has a assisted living home. They have a nursing home and they have a, a hospice campus as well as their, their corporate offices. And as their brand ambassador, I'm there quite a bit. Um, the Bear 92.5, the radio station I work for on the south side of Atlanta, uh, Spalding County, the Griffin area, those are what we call P1s. That, that's some of our, our strongest listening areas. Uh, you hear me talk about the Griffin Police Department, Chief Michael Yates. Uh, I did the uh, Community Service Award for them earlier this year for the uh, Cherokee Casket Company. Uh, GPD is where I'm in charge of the drug um, yeah, I'm not fully deputized, as, as Chief oh, Gates will tell you in Thursday's episode, but I'm, I'm close, uh, and I'm over. I, I overlook the uh, the drop off uh, box in front of the uh, in front of the headquarters on North Hill Street. Oh, you, you overlook it? Well, I do. Where you drop yeah. off your drugs if you don't want them anymore? Are you yeah. like when they come up the hill? You're like, I what you got? Them. I catalog them. I just catalog. That's all I do is catalog them. But uh, I hosted their golf tournament. I hosted the dinner before the go- you know. Just uh, they're just good, good, good people led by Chief Michael Yates in Griffin, Georgia. So I, I just I have I have a lot of friends in that area. We're also going to use this as a as an awareness and, and education moment because what I've learned, Donna, is people don't know basic things. And I don't listen, it's nobody's fault, I guess, between the difference in a watch and a warning. Do you yeah. know that right as we sit yeah. here right now? Do you know the difference? The true difference in a warning and a watch? Well, watch means that hurricane or tornado conditions are possible. Fair enough. Um warning means you it's actively there's a tornado on the ground. The event is occurring, it's imminent or likely. The reason I know this is because I am 
highly triggered. And I don't know why, because I've never been like, I've never been in the middle, thank God, of a, of a tornado. But I know a lot of people say, like last week, I know a lot of people were saying, oh, the media just builds it up into a frenzy. They just build it up and build it up and build it up for ratings and get everyone going. I do think there's a little truth to that. There is some of that. But I also think you, you can't win. So it's, it's also weather. And weather is very unpredictable. And so you're asking people, and yes, they drill down with science and some of the things that you're telling us and you're going to tell us, but I think there's also an, an element of, uh, you know, listen, we're not always in control. And so on that particular day, you were coming back into Atlanta from the south side. Charlotte was working. They did a little internship thing for a couple of weeks at her school. So I had taken her over to the battery. I was at work in the store. Um and I just had this really uneasy feeling. And so Olivia, our 18-year-old, is in Tennessee, um, at, in Knoxville, University of Tennessee. And I had already reached out to her and said, listen, watch the weather. You know, stay put. There's nothing, because she's not in school right now. They don't start until next week. And I said, you know, there's nothing you probably have to do right now. So just stay home. But just, you know, be aware of the weather. Because she's in an apartment building, frankly, that doesn't have a basement. And Tennessee gets really bad weather. And I said to her... If a tornado was to come or if there was an active warning, either go into the bathroom, like, you know, in an interior room, or go down to the laundry room, which is down, you know, in the basement basement. And I think it's important when your kids go away to college to tell them this kind of stuff because when they're home with you, they probably always go down to your basement. Or they always tell them to. And you tell them to. And all kidding aside, my kids think that I'm kind of a Karen sometimes with the weather, but it can be very scary. Especially when you have them kind of all spread out. I had, you know, texted Will and said, I know you're going to be on the road today. Please be aware, you know, of the weather. Charlotte was thinking they were going to have some after school thing. And you and I were like, listen, it's going to be canceled. Well, I was, gonna, I was not going to let her go. Yeah. Even if the, the school hadn't canceled, I wasn't going to let her go. Do you know what to do? We'll talk about this in a minute. But do you know what to do if you're driving? Do you know what I to do. do if you're in your home? Do you know what to do if you are in your office park? Yes, you can and test a, me on all and of this. a warning is issued. Do you know what to do? If not, we'll talk about it coming up. Individual TV stations or TV networks do not issue warnings and watches. All watch, you know, watches and warnings are issued by the National Weather Service. Here which is at, located in Peachtree City. Well, for Georgia, it's located at Falcon Field in Peachtree City, which is uh, Peachtree City, South Atlanta, Fayette County, probably 20 miles south of uh, Hartsfield, the world's busiest airport. That's where Georgia gets their official watches and warnings. For the National Weather Service Atlanta office of Peachtree City. We in the media became aware Monday afternoon with an alert from the National Weather Service that the potential for severe storms on Thursday was very possible. Okay, it's Monday afternoon, so I had uh, I had Monday afternoon because I do three to seven Eastern. I had Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon. I had three days to prepare my listening audience that there is the potential for some severe weather on Thursday. Three days is plenty of notice. What do you think? Yes, to at least begin to prepare. Prepare now, Monday afternoon. That was the messaging. All right, that messaging continued Tuesday. Continued Tuesday afternoon. By Wednesday, those that know how to read maps and all that kind of stuff, the National Weather Service and our local TV meteorologists as well. By Wednesday, the messaging was pretty clear. Tomorrow is going to be a troubling day. Early Thursday morning, the National Weather Service elevated what they call their uh, severe weather outlook to level three. We went from a two to a three early, early, early Thursday morning. Three means an enhanced risk, three out of five. For severe weather, uh, damaging winds, brief tornadoes, hail, spot on this time. And as you said, I don't think that they get a lot of credit. I think people are quick to act and and, and lash out when you miss it. Well, people are almost mad. When you get it right, 
you need to then say, hey, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Well, and people are mad sometimes when they're like, well, nothing even happened. Well, we should be thankful of that, that nobody lost their lives and there wasn't damage. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Listen, by, by Friday morning sunup, I was in Griffin, Georgia, on the ground, 11 hours after the tornadoes hit, about 4 o'clock Eastern, Thursday afternoon. I have never in my life seen anything like it. And I have been through hurricanes. I've been through tornadoes. The afternoon of the storms, we were also able, and we do this a lot when you live in Georgia, we were able to look back, look to the west of us. And by lunchtime, noon Eastern, on Thursday, day of storms, we were aware of the damage that these storms had caused in Huntsville and in Selma, Alabama. Uh, we had seen the, the, the video. We, we, you know, we were aware and, and we knew they were coming our way. So there was plenty of time to prepare. And I think, Donna, that getting the messaging out there as early as, as we were able to, two people lost their life. Two's too many. Yeah, right. One was a five-year-old. Uh, That's so sad. Five-year-old boy from Jackson, Georgia, Butts County, part of our listening area. Uh, he was in the car with his mom and a tree fell on the car. Uh, he died instantly. Egan Jeffcoat, five years old. There should have been a pretty sizable loss of life, I think, at the strength and magnitude of these these tornadoes, time at which they were on the ground, the de- you know, the destruction that they caused two people in the state of Georgia. Uh, the other was a Georgia DOT worker removing debris. Good evening. It is great to have you with us as we near the end of another week together. And we begin tonight with the deadly tornado outbreak. More than 40 reported tornadoes across seven states. Massive destruction across this storm zone. At least nine lives lost in LaGrange, Georgia. Homes and neighborhoods simply destroyed. Crews racing to find survivors tonight. Some neighborhoods wiped out. ABC's Steve Osinsami just outside Atlanta tonight. At least nine people died in the storm in two states, including a five-year-old boy who was killed when his family's car was hit by a falling tree. The governors of both Georgia and Alabama have declared a state of emergency tonight, as many of their families are just now beginning to put their lives back together. Unfortunately, it's been a tragic night and morning in our state. So much damage. This will be our weekend for sure, probably part of next week also. It's going to take a while to get all of this taken care of. Just getting through what's left of these homes can be difficult and dangerous with nails pointing upwards. The older woman who lived here is not able to stay here tonight. One other thing, so many of these families who are cleaning up today are living in homes that either lost power or have big holes in them. And for many of them, the temperatures tonight will be freezing. David? Yeah, just an extraordinary scene across so many states. Steve Osinsami in the storm zone for us again tonight. Thank you, Steve. As we record at uh, now 1.24 a.m. Eastern on Monday morning, uh, there's still 32% of Spalding County without power. 32%. Uh, I, I have heard from from people with, with the Brightmore organization that live in, in Spalding County. Some of them have been told it'll be 10 more days. And you know what's nutty is um, Governor Deals um, in not, I'm sorry, Governor Governor Kemp's inauguration or, you know, party. What do you call it? It's like a coronation. Uh, yeah, it's like it's a just, coronation. Well, inauguration. But it was his party. Yeah, his party was going on while these storms were rolling in that night. It was, it was well, kind of crazy. Well, it was Friday morning. He was in the air. On the ground right now, Samaritan's Purse. They arrived this afternoon. If you're listening on upload day Tuesday, the 17th, they arrived uh, early, early yesterday morning, the, the 16th. You know, I, I wasn't familiar. I, I'd heard the name, but I wasn't ever familiar with them. Do you know what they do? I mean, do you know what, what they're about, Samaritan's Purse? Well, I know that we used to do that. Um, I did it with the girls. We would do the shoeboxes, the Christmas shoeboxes for kids. It's the same organization, Samaritan's Purse. I think they bring like just kind of kits for people. Well, they bring huge 18-wheelers. It's yeah. like the, it's like, it's like the, uh, the cat, the, 
what would be the uh, the cavalry coming in? Yeah, uh, kind of like when you see a convoy of power trucks, you know, uh, going into town too. Um, Samaritan's Purse. I wasn't all that familiar with them. Non-denominational, evangelical Christian organization providing spiritual and physical aid to hurting people around the world since 1970. Uh, the Red Cross course was 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 on the ground moments after after they uh, were gone. The day being the tornadoes, they they put up a a volunteer center. Uh, they're distributing tarps, FEMA trailer. Uh, they have an animal control unit that's portable. And so what they do, Donna, when there are things like this that happen, they dispatch the trailer, the FEMA trailer, and they provide housing for animals of residents who can't return home. Yeah, and that's a big, that's pets. a big deal too. Like sometimes if you know if a tree was to fall in your house and things are going on, your pets could run away. Um, they say there's so many, I know after the flooding, you know, even in New Orleans and stuff, there were so many pets that they were trying to reunite with families and stuff. It always seems to be catastrophic events like this when people become as kind as I think we wish we could be as a whole, as a society every day. Friday morning, I met a friend of mine, a Lieutenant Brandon Walden uh, with the Griffin Police Department. And he knew I was coming with, I went Thursday night, knowing I was going back down Friday morning, leaving here. In North Fulton at 4 a.m., get down to uh, to Griffin by, you know, it's about an hour and a half from here. So I went Thursday night with Charlotte. We went to Walmart and bought just hundreds of bottles of water. Yeah. Bought hundreds of batteries. We bought uh, Capri Sun juice packs because I knew the kids were going to be out of school. Yeah. Griffin Spalding County announced today they're closed through at least Wednesday of this week. Um, and, and so we took all that down there. Well, a friend of mine, Lieutenant uh, Walden, knew I was coming. He said, let me meet you. He said, you, you, you have, I don't think you have an idea quite yet as to just how bad it is down here. Mm-hmm. So let me meet you and we'll, we'll escort you around all day. He was correct. Did not know that it was going to be as bad as it was. There's one turn as we're coming in from Fayette County, about a 30 minute drive from the radio station to Griffin. And you heard Ryan Beasley top of this episode say Georgia 16. Brightmore Healthcare is on Georgia 16. Their address is 3432 Noonan Road, Highway 16. I kept thinking to myself as we're coming into town, where's the damage? We take one turn on 16, one curve. And suddenly it looks as if the forestry service has come through and clear cut just miles and miles and miles of trees that were fallen everywhere. And from that point forward, you didn't go a half mile, if, if probably not even a quarter mile, without seeing just houses destroyed, tractor trailers picked up and thrown, the roof of a Hobby Lobby stripped from the structure mm. and thrown, four lanes of traffic over. But you saw people... They were showing up with chainsaws from other counties. You saw people that were showing up with bobcats, showing up with dump trucks, contract you know contractors who uh, live and work in the area. I, I, I just I wish we could all be that giving and kind and grateful. And me, I, listen, I'll call myself out. I can do a better job, but well, to but see it firsthand, you, you do a great job. I mean, you well, you have really like you know, and that's that is one part of it. When you're you know when you were working in Atlanta radio, everything was more focused, you know, in different counties all around you know. The metro area and now you're you know that is your area that is your listening area and so when those people are affected you know you have to get involved and um it's just i said to you i said i feel like and you explained it to me but i said i feel like that area of our state the state of georgia if you're listening from other states gets hit all the time and you were saying and i said you know is there such a thing people say is a tornado alley and you said yes there definitely is well what happens is they, 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 these tornadoes a lot of them form they lift that's the the, the the official meteorological term they lift in alabama there's no mountains there's nothing to slow them down there's things to speed them up between huntsville selma birmingham 
um, you know, anywhere in Alabama, and they come across the state line into Heard County, into Coweta County, into Troop County, the counties where you, you heard being called out for, for devast, you know, devastation and destruction from these tornadoes because they're the first to, they're the first to go, and these, these tornadoes just snake their way. They were fast-moving tornadoes, too, which is a good thing. Um, because they yeah, just, they said they, they don't want, you, you don't want them on the ground no, for a long time. No. Yeah, and this one, I mean, one of the two in Griffin, the Griffin County or Spalding County Griffin tornado, one of the two was on the ground for 26 miles, 26 and a half miles. Yeah, think of what where you are right now and think of where a place you know that's exactly say 25 miles from where you are right now. That's how far this tornado traveled. Um, at times 14 football fields wide, nearly a mile in diameter, a mile. Um, Lieutenant Walden was kind enough to escort me through the day to allow me to shadow and, and just watch and help and assist with uh, handing things out and just words of encouragement to the first responders, uh, but also to those that were, that were affected. This happened uh, during the afternoon, hit about four o'clock Eastern. It was two hours of just shit hitting the fan. Mm. After that, it was beautiful. Orange oh, sky, I know. orange no, it's sky, crazy all around Atlanta and orange sky. I'm colorblind. I could even tell that this was an orange hue, just a gorgeous sky. But these first responders and firemen and, and, and linemen with the power companies, they had problems at their own homes and they couldn't go home because their jobs, they're charged with assisting the community. Lieutenant Walden hadn't been home. I, I bet he, by the time he finally made a home to his wife and kids with a damaged home and roof, I bet he had been working for 48 hours straight. It's amazing. Yeah. And he's just one example of, I know, 60 men and women that make up the Griffin Police Department. As I shadowed uh, Lieutenant Walden, I was doing video and, and pictures and just having conversations with him about being weather prepared and, and, and what people were doing. Two funnies, and it's not a, you know, I think it's, it's a heavy, heavy conversation. Uh, but, you know, I've said before that I, I sometimes I use dark humor as a way to, uh, uh, to process and to, uh, I don't know, just that. And I have two th- two funnies that I want to share with you after uh, the the audio here from the video that I produced, uh, Griffin Strong, and there's uh, it's on the My Second Act YouTube channel. You can check it out there. And then of course we've got uh, oh, this. Geez. Oh, that's a bad situation right there. That's- Griffin High School. This is the tornado. That is probably on the ground. I, I can't imagine that. It's not right, Brian. No, that's definitely on look the ground. The, look at the debris that this. They've thing is. got to increase the wording of this tornado. Yeah, that's, this that's is this is trending towards a tornado emergency. Can't stress enough. Anywhere from Griffin to Experiment to Highland Mills, you have to get State Route 16. This is Highway 16, um, heading into Spalding County. Uh, with uh, a friend of mine, uh, Lieutenant Walden, who is uh, with the Griffin Police Department. We're riding around, and the, the devastation here, Lieutenant, is uh, it makes your stomach turn. Yes, uh, in the 18 years I've worked here, I've never seen it this bad. Uh, distributing water to uh, anybody. We've got Capri Suns for the kids that are out of school today. Uh, we've got hundreds of dollars worth of batteries that we stopped and got, Chick-fil-A biscuits. Uh, just trying to uh, uh, make today as easy a day as it possibly can be, and that's going to be super, super difficult. Pretty much every corner you turn, there's a tree down, whether it's on a house, on a car, 
uh, taking up the road, power lines down everywhere. And there's no telling how long it'll be before you know we can get crews out here to get these trees cut up, get the power restored. So um, we're in for a long ride for right now. I kept hearing different people say it's like a war zone. And let me tell you something, being down here right now, ground zero, it is just that. It looks like a war zone. Yes, it's, it's complete devastation in the city. And shout out to several uh, people within the community. I mean, they're coming out um, out of nowhere, uh, just willing to help. Um, they're bringing in bobcats, bulldozers, excavators, um, just giving their time right now to try to help clean up so we can try to get back to normal, so we can try to get power restored as quick as possible. It's almost like a movie set in an in 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 eerie way. Kind of um, reminds you of The Walking Dead. It does. It does, Lieutenant. It does. Okay, wait a minute. Is that what's going on? Yeah. This is a funeral procession. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it all. You may have seen the story about the Hobby Lobby here in Griffin uh, and the roof being lifted uh, entirely from the structure. Uh, I'm with Lieutenant Walden with the Griffin Police Department, uh, surveying all the damage here in Spalding County from the storms yesterday. So this structure, right, that's the roof, Lieutenant. If I'm not mistaken, that's part of the roof. From the Hobby Lobby, which is where? From the Hobby Lobby, which is right back there, where you can see it hanging off the back of the building. Okay, all right. So literally, this would be, uh, what road is this? This is Lieutenant. McIntosh and Old Atlanta. Okay, so McIntosh and Old Atlanta. you look around um there's barely a corner pocket that, that does not have some sort of uh, damage from the the tornado the tv weather people and the models the national weather service in peachtree city they got this one right now, is that fair to say yeah i would say it's fair to say that they uh they got this one right it says haven't seen it like this in in 18 years that i've worked here Once the uh, storm hit, we had, we had a shift working. Uh, the shift that was scheduled to come in later that night was called in to come in early. And then the other two shifts that were, it was their off days, were called and uh, advised that they need to get ready to come in. So I would say last night we probably had, I don't know, probably 60 officers out working, um, helping cut up trees. Thank you to Lieutenant Brandon Walden, to Griffin Police Department Chief Michael Yates, to the men and women of the Griffin Police Department, uh, my dear friend Angie Burnham. Uh, Angie slept in her office. She's the Chief's Executive Assistant, and she slept in her office, as did many uh, people. No power. Uh, Griffin Police Department, the headquarters, didn't have power. Uh, it was probably Saturday morning until they even had power at the police department. It was. It was. It, it, it affected me in a way I did not think that it would affect me, and, and still does. Uh, you know, the reports came out. One of the reports came out from the National Weather Service after each severe weather event in America. The National Weather Service is a very, very detailed uh, report that's made public. Uh, they're a government agency, um, and to read the report. This afternoon, late this afternoon, when they released it on one of the two tornadoes, the second report will be released tomorrow, I believe. Uh, it just—I uh, I lost it again. Just it's uh, the video. If you want to see the—I I, realize that was very much a visual thing. You just heard the audio, the narration, and conversations with Michael Walden and myself. But the uh, the video is on the My Second Act YouTube channel, and you can check it out there. And um, if you'd like, and, and there are so many ways that you can you can help and and and, and 
these people need your help. They do. Um, so just, uh, I, I want to say too, we'll close with this. And then we, actually, then we need to go over what do you do if you're on the road and you're home. Because uh, it's, you know, it's odd for a tornado to, to strike in January. It was mid-January when this happened. Yeah. You know, it's very unusual. Um, so tornado season is just a you know, good bit of ways. Uh, at Brightmore Healthcare off 16, uh, probably a half mile from where the most destruction was done. Um, Carol Evans. She worked all night. The night of the tornado, Thursday night and Friday morning. But 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 there were so many nurses and, and LPNs and, and and people that that, that that are care team members, as we call them, uh, they couldn't make it in. They just could not get to work. Carol, uh, for forty eight hours straight, stayed at Brightmore, and she finally got home, and her home had been destroyed. She was back that night at seven o'clock for her shift. I've heard so many stories like Carol's from people that uh, whose lives were turned just upside down, but yet they were needed. They had a calling. They have a calling. Well, and she's caring for um, elderly patients. I mean, you think about it. Imagine you're, you know, you're listening to this podcast from another state and your mother or father, or potentially both, are, you know, in an assisted living home and you're, you know, you just pray to God. I mean, my mom lives in an assisted living home. And, you know, I even know during the times of COVID or bad weather, you just pray to God that the people show up. Yeah. Yeah. And thank, thankfully, most do, you know, that they know this incredible, you know, incredible assignment that they have in a way their jobs are so much more important. It's not just about their paycheck, but they're taking care of people. So, um, you know, there's a lot, I want to make sure we tell people how they can give too. We're going to include that in the show notes also, um, because I do think it's important, you know, that, you know, people, when this happens, they they don't have anything. Their clothes are gone. Their house is gone. They're, you know, a lot of them don't have cars to get to work, you know, um, that's one of the biggest issues. Again, there's still a large part of the county, in Spalding County, Griffin, that they don't have power. Going to be maybe 10 days, 7 to 10 days. Uh, Chuck Brown is the administrator, CEO of Brightmore Healthcare. Chuck's become one of my closest buddies. Uh, and 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 Chuck reached out to home improvement centers outside of, of Georgia and had generators trucked in uh, as close as they could. And then he would ferry uh, cargo vans out to these 18-wheelers and unload generators for his employees for for care team members who, who didn't have power at home because he said you know how, how can i and he said they're coming and i'm not asking we'll, we'll work with them he said but you know they're coming to care the, for other people the, yeah, and they need people know, to care for them and their families are at home or, yeah. or when they get home if they get home they're cold because they don't have power yeah you know and um you know remarkable stories like that from uh, let's just all work harder myself included let's all work harder to uh be at that level year round and not just when severe weather events hit like uh they did uh, in uh, way south Atlanta. Okay, now I have a funny for you. Did you yes. bring your oh, my two um, funnies? Yes, go ahead. Did you bring your excavator? And my tools? No, I didn't. I didn't. I brought uh, Capri some cheese packs and some some bottle motors. But was there ever a batteries. moment when you were down there? And and I also want to say I'm kidding you right now. Right, but no, it no. was amazing that you went down and helped and and did all that. And you're so good about that kind of thing. Um, but did anybody? Was there ever a moment when somebody said, "Hey, want Caddy? You want to grab that?" Um, uh. Uh, that thing and cut down that thing. Uh, I guess swing that thing around. No, nobody asked. Nobody asked. Okay. The right. Chainsaw, I've never held a chainsaw in my life. 
education and awareness, I think, should be a big part of this as well. All right, Donna, if you're on the road, what do yes. you do? If you if you suddenly you find yourself in, in in direct path, you you are under a tornado warning, maybe even a PDS. Well, first of all, I'm like, oh shit. But second of all, I you pull over. This is what I think. You pull over and you get in a ditch. You get out of your car and you get into a ditch. Okay. To get away, because you, you, you want to be lower than the ground. Okay. Um, is that correct? Somewhat. Here we go. From the National Weather Service. What not to do. How about we do that? What not to yes. do. Uh, do not seek refuge in a vehicle outside or under an overpass. That's the biggie. People think that for some reason you can be safe under a bridge. Uh, no. Yeah, just to get no, out of the rain collapse. or something. It's yeah, or collapse. like a bank. Sometimes people pull into like, you know, underneath. But those structures, are they're in danger too. A highway overpass does not provide safety from a tornado. Do not seek shelter under an overpass or a tree. This puts you at greater risk of being killed or seriously injured by flying debris. Go for a ditch. Yes, Don. Oh, good. What to do? Get off the road. Yeah. The best option is to drive to a designated shelter, basement, or safe room. I mean, what do you get? Google that Like with, with 60 seconds to go? What's that app where the weird people show up at your house? But like when you're just trying to sell something, but then people show up like in like their furry costume, you're like, I just wanted to sell my couch. What? Which, what is that? Oh, like Craigslist. Yes, Craigslist. Or, or, or yeah. Because so like, we used to have people come by and stuff, stuff money in the chicken on the porch. Okay. But, and, and grab a, a prize on the porch. But I mean, like if you're driving and you're like, I'm going to go on to Craigslist and see if I can just find a safe place or a basement. You know, you show up and you're like, okay, well, can I just like seek shelter in your basement because there's a tornado coming and they're like yeah and they wink at you and you go down there and there's like a full-on swinger party or something where are you going with this well because you because you were just saying like you can just like kind of google where to go to seek shelter you can't but you don't have time for that no i didn't i didn't suggest that i I don't think that's a a big ask from the national weather service i don't think that's a good idea okay the next best option is a small windowless room or hallway on the lowest floor of a sturdy building Two funnies, real quick. The whole funeral procession thing. We're on a two-lane road. There's a marathon station to my right. The 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 gas station has been literally turned upside down. There are three cars flipped over in the parking lot. And I hear the siren. And I knew it wasn't ours. We were running lights. We weren't running a siren. And all of a sudden, I see like a traffic jam ahead, which wasn't unusual. A lot of people were curious. A lot of people out on the roads Friday morning. And I see Donna, a hearse. And I turn to, I'm in the pastor's seat. I turn to, to Brandon, Lieutenant Walden. And I said, wait a minute. I said, is that a funeral procession? And he said, Yes, and I said I have seen it all now. This place, this city, has been nearly leveled in parts, and there's a funeral procession going on. Someone's being buried, but a half mile car. Well, I mean, death waits for no one. What are they going to do? Not like have the funeral? In, in tornado coverage, news stations always find that one person. What does that one person do, Don? That one person they find in the they field. They have to go outside. The live report. They have to get out there with. How the do they describe the tornado? Like when? It sounded like what? A freight train. It sounded like a a freight okay. train. Here's our one guy. I saw like something coming this way, that that way, and they start like doing woo woo woo. I mean, woo woo woo. Sound like a train. We should put together a, a compilation of some of the best news reports. Maybe, you know, maybe we'll, maybe too early for that right now. Yeah, let's yeah. Maybe let's let some donations come in and. Ooh, okay. I'll work on editing woo, that woo, piece woo. together. Woo, 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 woo. Uh-huh. Say one more time. Here we go. I saw like something coming this way, that that way, and they start like doing woo, woo, woo. Miranda collection from Hooker. Okay, that sounds wrong. Hooker Furniture, Donna. Hooker, uh, Hooker Furniture. It's available at Gallery Furniture. This is a love seat. This is genuine leather, too. Genuine leather. This is real. You can, yeah. you can smell of it. You can scratch it and sniff it. It's going to smell like the real thing. 
a love seat and a, uh, a sofa combo. You can you can take it home today. Gallery furniture, sixteen hundred Browns Pedro Gainesville. Hooker does everything. They there's nothing that they don't do at Hooker. Uh, they do bedroom suits. They do uh, dining room sets. They do it all right. Hooker does it all right. And they do. Uh, this is a, a new collection, one hundred percent genuine leather. Great price at Gallery Furniture. Gainesville, ask for the Wolfman, ask for not. Yeah, I mean, we have talked about it and talked about it. Like, it is time for the refresher for your home. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm doing a lot of refreshing. And I have I found, that. but but here's the interesting thing. Just moving, like we've talked about, moving one rug out, moving something in. Um, small changes sometimes you know, add up. I would not bring the rug back. In the, in the, in yeah, the, well, in that's coming back. I'm so I tired. like the hardwoods. Okay. A little bit of hardwoods good. A lot of hardwoods you don't want. It's cold. You got to walk loud. Anyway, um, and it okay. kind of warms right. it up to bring the I rug guess, in. I guess, I guess the rug's coming back. The rug is coming back, but um, that's the great thing about gallery furniture is you don't have to commit to a huge project. You don't have to commit to a huge sectional. You don't have to commit to, you know, three and four rooms of furniture. They have great occasional pieces of furniture. Like they have rugs. They have lamps. They have you know, one chair, they have um, console tables that you can, you know, put things on. So, but here's the other thing. If you, if you're doing a huge project, she's the girl for you. We have friends who did an entire lake house with gallery furniture and they had this whole budget planned per room. This is what we're going to spend. And it added up to some astronomical number. And they went to gallery and got everything and brought it in at like a third of the price. So the, the, you know, they have, Beautiful furniture, but the prices are always going to completely surprise you. Affordable furniture for every room in your home, every room in your house. Gallery furniture on Instagram. Ask for Wolfman Furniture. Yes, it's Wolfman and Donna, uh, daddy and daughter from the uh, legendary classic viral TV commercials back in the late 90s, early 2000s on uh, TBS, the Superstation with the Atlanta Braves. Gallery furniture, locally owned small business, been with us. As we said, man, for the entire run of this podcast, it's episode 332. Thank you, Donna. Ask for Donna when you get there. And Marilyn, her daughter, everybody's up there. Gallery Furniture, Gainesville. Our thanks also to Fable Ford and Ford, Built Ford Tough for their support of the podcast. Brightmore Healthcare, God bless you. Thinking about your folks down in Spalding County and Griffin. And uh, all 372 care team members of Brightmore Healthcare. Cadillac Jack. Let's add two songs to the Spotify Hype Song playlist. Donna, you are up first. What are you going with? I am adding an Elvis song. And oh, so- I didn't pull this. Oh, okay. Well, I think maybe I think that it was. I think it, what do you call it? It was subliminal or subconscious. Why? Well, I don't. I, I don't like Elvis. I've never listened to an Elvis song before. Okay, again, as someone in radio or in music, you really should not say I that. Never have. Okay, never have. so I'm adding Elvis. Suspicious Minds. Yeah, you just talk. I don't have a fancy clip or anything. I mean, you know the Elvis I'm thinking of is Elvis in Hawaii in that leather. And he's all sweaty. And he's like down in that lunge. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, Kind of sad story, though. The reason I'm adding it is in honor of his daughter, Lisa Marie Presley, who um, died last week. Um, And I I have to tell you, this one has all deaths. Uh, you know, no one wants to hear about any kind of death, but there was something about this death that like kind of was triggering to me. And it was because she's around the same age than I am. And I think she's super young. And so she had three kids and, um, you know, she was the apple of his eye. I mean, you know, for the most part, as we know, she was Elvis's only daughter. Um, unless why not? But anyway, um, she kind of had a tough life. You know, you forget all the things when I was looking through this, you know, she married 
for a while, Michael Jackson. And remember they had that really weird, awkward kiss on the VMA Awards? Yes. Oh, that was staged. It was so strange. Um, Staged and strange. And she always, you know, it was very kind of like, it was like um, just mysterious about her. She had three kids. She'd been married a few times. um, And she, um, so she had a heart attack at home. And then they, um, while they were bringing her, the paramedics were bringing her in and she got into the hospital. She had another heart attack. Um, The coroner's office has not released anything. So they don't know if anything was playing a part in that. She was, no, and she was administered, um, you know, epinephrine at the, at her house to try to get her kind of back going, but it didn't work. Let's be clear too. That's not the drug. It's not, not, it's not, it's not Narcon. Narcon. No, it is not. So um, I think they were just trying to kind of, you know, help her until she could get to the hospital. So um, just thinking about her and um, her mom, because, you know, it's just been, uh, there's just a lot of sadness around them. Her son, her older son had recently, um, well, not recently, a couple of, maybe a year before had taken her, taken his life. Just thinking about, you know, her mom and her kids and um, her ex-husband, Danny Keo was the one who came over and yeah, was that. What do you, what do you, what do you read into that? Uh, she had gone to drop the kids at school, I believe. And, and he was at the house and, or he had gone to drop the kids. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, they wanted, yeah. what was that about? Do you think? I think he just came back. I mean, I think they probably had, you know, they, and I'm they, not saying that he put poison or black eyed peas. Oh no, 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 no! I, they had a very, you know, very because okay, that can't be done. Oh yeah, a very a great relationship, and you know that they they were. Um, I'm sure he came back and you know helped her as much as he could. You know, so yeah, I don't think there's anything with that. I think it's weird too. I'll say this: I had, I had a couple people that said to me. Don't you think it's weird? Like of all the things that happened, I guess on that day, or even with her life, the one thing someone said is, "Don't you think it's weird that her ex husband was the one who took her to the hospital or called nine one It's like, no, why? Like, why? Well, Just because I think people are conditioned to think that when there's a split or a, a people hate divorce, each other, yeah, can't be around be, each it other. Has to be painted, you know, ugly. I mean, and, yeah. Just because you can't sleep in the same bed doesn't mean you don't still love and well, care hey, listen, for the Sometimes person. you can sleep in the same bed, right? And some people are married and don't sleep in the same bed. So, anywho, yeah. I just think um, anyway. th- that's the least. You know, that, that didn't affect me at all. I just, well, it didn't affect me, but I thought the reason I asked oh, no, is no, for no. that specific reason. Yeah, is, is no. I, 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 I felt as if they were probably where you said they or where you think yeah. they are, and that is in a great place. And yeah. And co-parent and remain friends and laugh and go out and have dinner and sleep in the same bed every now and then. Still very new news to us here uh, in Atlanta and the Athens area. Sunday morning, a Georgia offensive lineman and a Bulldogs football staff member were killed in a car accident. Devin Willick was a redshirt sophomore from New Jersey. Uh, started twice with the Bulldogs this year, but played uh, in every game at some point uh, in the car with him. Chandler LaCroix graduated from Georgia before joining the football program as a recruiting an, uh, analyst. She'd been with the football program since uh, 2021. According to the Athens Clark County police, the crash was a single car accident. Car seemed to strike two power poles and multiple trees after leaving the road. Uh, Miss LaCroix was driving, was transferred to the hospital where she was pronounced dead due to injuries. Uh, 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 Devin died at the scene. The other passengers, a 21-year-old man and a 26-year-old woman, also sustained injuries but are suspected uh, expected to survive. 3 a.m. Eastern on uh, Monday morning, so 24, 24 hours ago, literally to the moment almost, to the quarter hour at least yeah. this happened. When I read the first report, what flagged me was 2.45 a.m. the morning after 
the Georgia Bulldogs celebrated their second national championship with a parade and a celebration in front of 100,000 people inside Sanford Stadium. 25-year-old female member of the Georgia football program doing with a 20-year-old member of the offensive line in a car. Where have they been? What's going on here? I think maybe that's natural for some people. Maybe not for you, but for me it was to go there. I've since talked to a very dear friend of mine who works on a, a sports talk station here in Atlanta, and we were talking about it tonight. And she said, you know what? It says a lot about the society that we live in. Well, that's one of the first things that you flag. But she said, I, I, here's what I want you to consider, Caddy. And after, after, after we had this conversation, what she said to me, and I'm going to share that with you now, what she said to me gave me great perspective, and, and I felt like an ass. At the University of Georgia, tight, tight group of, of, of coaches and, and, and support people and players, and there's a policy, there's a rule that Kirby Smart, and I would imagine most every coach at Georgia, whether it be uh, Mark Rick, every coach in Georgia history has probably said to the players, if you go out and you party, and you go out and you drink, you make a phone call, I'll come get you. I bet Kirby said that before. Call me. I text me. I'll come get you. Do not drive. And come on, it's a big, big day for them Saturday. Miss LaCroix, who was a very dedicated member, almost like a, uh, she was 25 years old, but like a dead mother type figure to these guys. She probably got the call. She was probably, they do a rotation, I believe. The number that you're to call if you're out partying and you need a ride tonight is kind of like when you pledge a fraternity or sorority. You know, there's a rotation. If you're pledged, you, your night's up. You can't party. It's your turn to drive tonight. Be the sober center, designated mm. driver, whatever. Uh, this person suspects that was the case, that there's nothing to read into this at all. Kick myself in the ass a little bit today after having that conversation because I was I was disappointed in myself, I guess, that, that, that I went there and thought that first thing, you know? I think I Did think, you flag it at all? Yeah, and I had people I worked today in the store and I had people that came in that were talking about the story and I heard over and over again, uh, that doesn't look good if it's 2.45 in the morning. And, well, nothing good know. happens at 2.45 in the morning. Come on. I, yeah. I, again, I think it's only natural maybe for that for, you, for people to have that assumption. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's still evolving. We'll see. Um, it doesn't matter because uh, two people have lost their lives and two other people are probably struggling to keep their lives. Bulldog fans are mourning the loss of a two just uh, 24 hours ago. The Cadillac Jack, my second act podcast is free for now as we have just launched season four last week. It's our intent to uh, keep it that way. But uh, instead of, uh, listen, a monthly cost or, or fee or subscription, uh, it's our hope that uh, and, and, and to, to replace that possibility uh, and, and, and that, that exchange of, of funds that you would take the time to write a review, a five-star review, preferably, uh, for the podcast. Uh, that's how we grow, podcast discovery. The pod remains free because of our generous sponsors and support from folks like T-Mobile Home Internet, Internet Freedom. Free yourself from uh, Internet BS, reliable Internet, 50 bucks a month. Guests of the Cadillac Jack, my second act, podcast state properties that are owned and managed by Paramount Hospitality Management, the brands you know depend on and trust like Marriott, Hilton, and Weston. The Paramount Pledge to you, cleanliness, a friendly staff, comfortable bed, great value, and a great location. Uh, pot peeps, anything, Don? You got anything pot peep-wise? I got nothing. Just thank you for listening. No, Write that no. five-star review. Yeah. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Audio for this episode from WAGA Fox 5 Atlanta, WXIA, 11 Live NBC Atlanta, WSB-TV Channel 2 ABC Atlanta, ABC TV and David Muir for World News Tonight. The estate of Elvis Presley and uh, what's his record label? Sun Records, Acorn Records, Capricorn Records, something? Sun Records. Sun Records. Uh, let's see here. Our thanks to executive producers Carl Appen and Hans Appen. Production assistance from Steve Mitchell and Ingo Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act part of the Appen Podcast Network. 